But we have been in this series, and I'm so honored to get to preach just a little bit of this series. But man, the name of Jesus. You know, back in the day, we used to just have whole services where we would just sing the name of Jesus. Anybody, who's, where am I, where am I, old school? Okay, because you could be young and be old school. So like, Marvell, she's like 20-something, but she's old school. You know what I mean? Like, Steph is young, but she's old school. Where's my old school at, okay? But we would just sing the name of Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that name. Master, Savior, Jesus, like a fragrance after the rain. Jesus, 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 let all heaven and earth proclaim that kings and kingdoms will all pass away, but there's something about that just celebrate the name of Jesus. Demons tremble at the name of Jesus. Bodies are healed at the name of Jesus. And some of you have watered down the name of Jesus. And today we're saying, hold up, hold up. The name of Jesus is still powerful. Amen. It's still powerful. And so today is like just a big prophetic activation altogether. Amen. We're just going to go into it. So everybody's a breaker today. Congratulations. You're on the team. We're breaking things. We're stepping into new levels. Um, and so here's the thing. Okay, when you join uh, maybe a, an environment, a team, y'all, and, and I, know, I know churches, like we've all said this line, like Christians, we don't, we don't have rules, right? Okay, okay, we got commands. We got them. So don't call them rules, whatever. But we got commands. You know, we don't get hung up in legalism. Like, I'm not, you know, I don't have a, I'm not going to offend people, but I've got a skirt onto the floor, you know. But we're not religious and legalistic in that way. But there's some things that just are not going to change no matter how far we get into time. Okay, and so what I want to do is raise up young women and older women and next generation men and young men and older men who hold true to the things of Jesus, who hold true to the teachings of Jesus. And so here's the thing. When you come into an environment or into a kingdom, right? When we went to the UK, there were certain rules that we ignored and we got tickets, let me tell you, don't get a ticket in the UK. It's kind of a headache. <laughs> Praise God. We did not obey the laws of the land. We took a few wrong turns. You're driving on the other side of the street. We're learning. Okay, we're hillbillies. All right? Give us a pickup truck. We're good. Put us in a nice van in the UK. We don't know what we're doing. But there's rules, right? 
or commands or whatever, okay? Don't get legalistic on me. You can TikTok about it later. But here's the deal. They don't say all the things you can do, right? They list the things that you can't do. Because if you go through all the things you can do, your list will be never ending. But if, if you just focus on like, here's the things, like if you stay in that hot tub for 48 hours, you're gonna be in trouble. You're going to the urgent care, right? If your kid tries to dive into a three foot pool, there's danger. And so what they do is they focus on the things that we can't do. We just moved into a house. Don't bring a Cheeto to my house right now. You know how many Cheeto handprints I had to Folex off my furniture? Don't bring them in. So I'm going through the rules right in my home. Well, here's the thing. Today, we're going to focus on some things that you cannot, cannot do. So I'm going to talk about a couple of things that Jesus cannot do. So if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Jesus cannot lie. He cannot lie. Numbers 23, 19, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? He cannot lie. Let me read you another scripture. 1 Samuel 15, 29. Also, the glory of Israel will not lie or change his mind, for he is not a man that he should change his mind. Hebrews 6, come on, just let the word wash over you this morning. Hebrews 6, 18, so that by two unchangeable things in which is impossible for God to lie, impossible, he, we who have taken refuge would have strong encouragement to take hold of the hope set before us. In other words, if you put your trust in the Lord, he will come through. He cannot lie. Psalm 89, 35. Once I have sworn by my holiness, I will not lie to David. So we're just going to take a minute. Remember I said we're going to, we're, we're, this is like a group activation together. We're just going to take a minute. You could shut your eyes, keep them open, whatever. You might want to write it down. But there's some things that you've believing about Jesus that are not true. So I want you just to take a minute and think about what Jesus said. Did he say your family would be healed? Did he say you were forgiven? Did he say you were set free? What are the things that Jesus has promised? Now you can just take a second, you can jot them down in your phone because these are like what's going on in you. What are the things that he's prophesied over your life? What are the scriptures that you've held on to my encouragement this morning is that he is not done yet. He cannot lie. He cannot lie. Number two, Jesus cannot change. These are the things he can't do. He cannot lie and he cannot change. Isaiah 40 verse eight, it says that the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God will stand for for Sandlot style. 
forever, right? Remember that? Forever. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our God will stand forever. It doesn't change. Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Are y'all going to have to do better than that? They're going to have to make that coffee stronger. But you, Psalm 102, 27, but you are the same and your years will not come to an end. In fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just read that whole chunk to you because there's some oil in that. Psalm 102, 25 through 28, it said, Of old you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will change them like a robe and they will pass away. But you are the same and your years have no end. The children of your servants shall dwell secure. That's a word for somebody today. Their offspring shall be established before you. His kingdom lasts forever. It doesn't have an end. Revelation 22, 13, it says, I am the alpha and the omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. But we're in a season right now where people say, well, the teachings of Jesus are outdated. They're not updated to our culture. They don't understand where we're coming from. But when I read my word, it says that he was there before the foundations of the earth and he's going to be there forever. And so culture cannot change Jesus. Relevance isn't a problem for Jesus. Structure doesn't change how Jesus operates. Legislation doesn't change Jesus' mind. Time doesn't water down his word. American can't push ideology onto Jesus. People don't have to dial him back. People cannot make Jesus more palatable. It was countercultural then and it's countercultural now. There wasn't a law that could have prevented the curtain from being torn from top to bottom. And there are not laws that can prevent him from bringing his glory down into earth and bring breaking the chains of the things that bind people. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We've tried to serve him up as a everybody's welcome here. There are no rules. You don't have to abide by the kingdom. Just love God, love people. But let me tell you, we've offered a watered down version because the Jesus I read about says, repent and be transformed. The Bible says to turn from your sin and to turn from your wickedness. It preaches very fervently about the works of the flesh. And so we have to learn how to deny our flesh its desires. Matthew 7, 13 through 14. Enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide. The way is easy that leads to destruction. And for those who enter by it, are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life and those who find it 
are few. If your Christianity is easy, if you don't feel like you're denying your flesh, if you never say no, are you in the narrow gate or are you in the wide gate? That scripture as a full-time minister who lives a pretty, I try. <laughs> I mean, I get my flesh on the LIE, but I try. <laughs> that puts the fear of the Lord in me. I ain't messing around. I told my kids, if it ain't real in your room when the door shut, it ain't real. It's about who you are when nobody's looking. It's about honoring Jesus and the Lord and his teachings. Are you in the narrow gate or are you in a wide gate? And I feel like culture is trying to push a wide gate gospel even in our churches. And I would call ministers to rise up and say, if your church shrinks, I don't think it's a bad thing. I would rather preach the truth and have a narrow gate and tell people, hey, your life, it might be a little hard, but guess what? You will inherit the promises of God. You will see his face in glory. It will be worth it, but it is going to be hard. And I know we got hashtag blessed life. Trust me. I want, to, I want to be there. I'm here for it. And, and I do think that we're blessed when we steward our finances and honor the Lord the way that he tells us to. I do think that we're blessed in a, when we come up for prayer and we get healing in our body. But you are going to have suffering for the gospel's sake. He isn't changing. And if you're serious about the things of God, you cannot mix the secular and the sacred. You can't club on the weekends and dance up here at church. You can't sext somebody and then come up here and preach the word. You can't have secret inappropriate relationships and lead up an intercessory prayer. You better leave that mess at the altar. Repent, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do not be conformed to this world. Shake off the works of the flesh because in this day and time, you can't mix the secular and the sacred. You can't mix calamity and the holy presence of God. Just because the veil was torn that you could enter in doesn't mean that it isn't as holy as it was. It just means you have access into the presence of God. Acts 5 verses 1 through 11, it tells a story about Ananias and Sapphira. And it talks about how they were dead at the door when the presence of God came. Now that's new covenant. And when people say, like, I only focus on the last half, I'm like, well, that last half is pretty saucy if you ask me. <laughs> That's after Jesus. The secular and the sacred, they cannot be mixed. And so they found themselves in a place where they couldn't stand in the presence of God. He cannot lie. He cannot change. And holiness is still important. And I want to see holiness and righteousness back in the church. 
And you know what? We threw out a whole movement because maybe they focused on, you know, not cutting their hair or wearing a certain length or try, but man, they were trying to find God in it. What they were searching for is trying to be set apart. And maybe you don't got to do all that, but there are some things that you are going to have to do. There is a narrow gate. And so when I see denominations or people like, I don't dismiss it. Because God was trying to do something in them and maybe they tried to legislate it. Maybe they tried to say, well, if you follow these things, you know, maybe you'll feel the power of God. Just the wrong thing with the right heart. So I don't dismiss it. But you don't need to look at culture and context all the time to find out if what Jesus said is real. Well, let's see what was happening at the time. No, if he said, don't sleep with her, don't sleep with her. If he said, be faithful to your spouse, be faithful to your spouse. If he said, tithe your money, tithe your money. If he said, build the house of God, build the house of God. If he said, make me a house of prayer, then be a house of prayer. You don't have to contextualize that. So who is the real Jesus? You got to get a revelation of this. You got to get a revelation. I'm going to ask the Lord right now, Holy Spirit, quicken them right now in the areas and the spaces where there needs to be more holiness and righteousness. Lord, quicken them. Quicken them right now. Show them the area right now. Holy Spirit, thank you. You just showed me an area. Thank you. Holy Spirit, I honor you. I thank you for that correction. Come on, let's just take a second. This is church. This is family. We're taking scripture and we're applying it in real time. Holy Spirit, show them right now. Is it their tone with their spouse? Is it something on their phone? Is it something in their attitude? Have they been dismissive to the things of God? Have they had their own agenda? I'm just calling some things out. Could Holy Spirit challenge us, challenge us right now. I'm just giving the Holy Spirit just a minute. Who is the real Jesus? Who is it in your life? Band, you can come up. So let's just take a second. What are the lies that I've believed about Jesus? And what do I need to replace with the truth? That's a challenge right now in this moment. You can shut your eyes if you want. We're just staying in our seats. We're just asking the Holy Spirit, quicken us, sharpen us. Let us walk out stronger than when we came in. Let us walk out more purified than when we came in. Come on, we're just gonna take a minute. What are the lies that I believed about Jesus and what do I need to replace with the truth? John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So some of the lies, let's just take a minute. What are some of the lies we've accepted in our culture, in our mind, in our family, in our home, in our conversation? Here's some lies. Many ways to heaven. No, there's not. Only Jesus, that's it. Here's some lies. Jesus accepts anything. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Here's another lie. He's mad at me. Is that the the Jesus you've been serving, a Jesus you're afraid of? 
Is he mad at me? Here's another lie, I have too much sin. That faith was for my grandma, that ain't for me. That's a lie. Just because the, na- the way is narrow doesn't mean that you won't have life if you follow it. It doesn't mean there's not forgiveness for you. We serve a loving God, but he loves us too much to be letting us fulfill all of our fleshly desires. Because what you don't realize is that thing that you're participating is robbing you. I was telling my kids this last week, we were talking about, I was reading that scripture, the wages of sin is death. And I don't know, maybe I'm a few decades behind you guys. I don't know, but I read it different this week. The wages of sin is death. I always read that my whole life as that the consequence of sin is death. But I read it different this week. You are working for a kingdom. You're working for a kingdom. It's just up to you which kingdom. That's the real Jesus. You are working for a kingdom. You're either working for the kingdom of darkness or you're working for the kingdom of light. And you are getting paid. It's just, are you getting paid in death or are you getting paid in life? So the wages of sin is death. And so what I was telling them and what I was trying to share in just like our family little, you know, circle was that we're always working for a kingdom. It's just, what is your, what is your portion back? Now, Jesus, he wants to have life. He wants you in his kingdom, but we've got to replace those lies with the truth. I'm spiritual, but not religious, lie. You're spiritual, all right. You're just working for another kingdom. What is the biblical truth that we have to replace some of those lies with? Jesus is the only way to the Father. Here's another truth, the gate is narrow. For God so loved the world. He isn't mad at you, he doesn't hate you, he loves you. But if he was a manipulative God, he would make you serve him. I've heard kids say that to me. Well, why doesn't God just make us love him? Because that's not a good father. All you gotta go is on narcissist TikTok to find out about that. My dad used to make me say, right? Nobody's, that's not producing good fruit. A good father just says, if you choose me, me and you, we're gonna have a good life but I'm not gonna force my love on you. I love you, I'm here, but you have to choose to serve in this kingdom. You have to choose to work in this kingdom. You have to choose to go through the the narrow gate. One of the lies, I have too much sin. The truth is, is that your transgressions are as far as the East is from the West. They're in the sea of forgetfulness. As soon as you repent, Jesus says, what's in? What's sin? There's, there is a, we, we, we could say it in our home, it's lifestyle repentance. We don't, we don't sin because we know we can repent. We try to live righteously, but guess what? We do get that road rage on the LIE. And when I do, Lord Jesus, I'll never call him that again, God. We all got our moments, but there's forgiveness for you. And so 
This is the last point. You could stand up on your feet. And this one's an action step because we're gonna get some freedom this morning. And we're gonna open up prayer at the end. We got a word from Pastor Mike, which I'm super excited about. He's gonna share that after this, after this message. But we're gonna take, a, I preach short on purpose because we're gonna take some time. Remember, this is an activation this morning and we're gonna activate God's word in our life. This is warfare today, but there's one more thing that he can't do. So he cannot lie, he cannot change. And the last point, he cannot leave things dead. Wherever Jesus went, people were healed, set free, raised from the dead. Jesus doesn't do funerals. If you go back and read, he didn't participate in a funeral. He was not a pallbearer. And so I just wanna read this to you today. He didn't even do his own funeral. Luke 7, 12 through 15, it says, as he drew near to the gate of the town, behold, a man who had died was being carried out. The only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and a considerable crowd from the town was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion. If you, if you came in with dead things, I want you to know that Jesus sees you with the eyes of compassion. He had compassion on her and he said to her, do not weep. Then he came up and touched and the bear stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead, the dead man sat up and began to speak. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. Some of you came in with some dead things. And Jesus says, I'm returning them to the rightful owner. That the grave is the wrong destination. That there's purpose, there's ministry in you. And God is not finished with you yet. He's not done. So we see a, a couple of funerals. In Luke 7, we see the widow's son, right? We just read that. Jairus' daughter in Luke 8, 50 through 55. I'm gonna read this to you. But Jesus on hearing this answer, do not fear and only believe that she will be well. That's a word for you. Stop fearing, stop doubting, stop second guessing. How many have something dead in their life? Maybe it's a prodigal child. Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's a womb that hasn't been fruitful. Do you have something dead in your life? I want you just to, as I finish reading this, just lift out your hands like this. Receive this word. It says, do not fear and only believe. She will be well. And when he came to the house, he allowed no one to enter with him except Peter, John, and James, and the father and mother of the child. And all were weeping and mourning for her. But he said, do not weep. She is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him, knowing she was dead. Verse 54, but taking her by the hand, he called and said, child, arise. And her spirit returned and she got up at once. Listen to this. I love how Jesus didn't allow anybody else to enter that room. Sometimes you have to believe and not let anybody else enter the prayer closet with you for that thing. I'm believing for my marriage. Well, we ain't talking for a while. Bye. See, uh, you want to doubt what, what God's going to do in my marriage? Don't call me then. 
Oh, you don't think I can be free from addiction? Bye, see ya. You're not my friend right now. I'm believing for my freedom. Well, then don't come around here with that negativity right now. Sorry, we're not going to lunch. I'm not meeting you at the buffet. You gotta stay out until I'm healed. You're gonna have to stay away until I'm stronger. You're gonna, you don't bring that doubt into the next chapter with me. I'm trying to turn the page. I'm waiting for dead things to come alive in my life. Stay out with your gossip. I'm trying to honor the Lord with my life. I gotta believe for a resurrection. This is serious. And I love how it says, and they laughed. But here's the thing. Your enemies might laugh, we rise. They laugh, we rise. They laugh, we rise. Oh, you're laughing that the Lord gave me a word about my finances? Okay, bye, see ya. I'm gonna focus and steward my finances on the Lord and I'm not giving you a second thought right now. I say, Julie, where's the love in that? Narrow is the gate. You wanna come along and believe with me? Let's squeeze through this gate together. But I ain't going on your narrow way. I'm not going on the wide gate. The last one, we have Lazarus. It says, verse 43, and when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the man who had died came out with his hands and his feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Today we're saying, let him go, let him go, let him go. My wayward son, let him go. My wayward daughter, let him go. Come out, come out, come out, come out. We're focusing on the real Jesus. Dead things alive, dead marriages alive, dead ministries alive, dead wombs alive, dead dreamers alive. We are bringing the real Jesus to life in our lives. It's gonna be active, sharper than any two-edged sword. So here's the thing. If you have an area of death in your life, lift up your hands, lift up your hands. Come on. Is it your womb? Is it your finances? What is it? Tell the Lord, say it out loud. Come on, that's the sounds of freedom. Areas where you've allowed the enemy to rob joy. Areas where you've allowed the enemy to rob destiny. Just bring them before the Lord. And we're not coming up yet. This is freedom in your seat. Come on, just tell him, what is it? What's the area? Do you feel hopeless? Do you feel alone? We're going in the narrow gate today. Matthew 27, 51 through 54, and behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom and the earth shook and the rocks were split. The tombs were open and many bodies of the saints came out of the tomb. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion who were with them, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, truly, he was the son of God. Jesus is bringing everybody out of the tomb today. Come on, lift up your 